Hi, everybody. You're listening to Coffee Talk at the Castle with your host, Alyssa. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Coffee Talk at the Castle. I'm your host, Alyssa, and we're on episode 21 today talking about Disney sponsors. And before we get into basically any housekeeping, the episode, I just want to throw a warning out there for you guys. Um, there were some black holes that I just like stumbled upon, or I should say rabbit holes. So, um, I'm going to really try to stay on topic, but there were specifically two really interesting pieces of information that I had not heard of before until researching for this episode. So I'm super excited to share it with you. And of course, like I said, I'm going to try my best to stay on topic. Um, they definitely lead into different topics, but yes, trying to stay focused on Disney sponsors today. And what I mean by that is people who sponsor things in Disney. So not Disney sponsored things, but other companies who have helped sponsored rides, um, basically anything in the park, food, drinks, the baby care center, all those things is kind of what we're talking about. But before we go into that, I want to share some Disney news with you guys. So as many of you have heard it in the social media world, I'm sure, the big news is that the virtual queue is no longer at Rise of the Resistance. This is huge for so many reasons. A, I'm just going to call it out. We're still in COVID and obviously Rise of the Resistance is a huge hugely wanted ride and many people have to hit that ride. So um, luckily there are some type of, you know, people are still trying to give you space, but some people are very excited. So they just hop on right behind you and give you no space. But um, in this upcoming days, it just started that there is obviously no virtual queue. The first morning it was 180 minutes long at, I think it was 945 is when it already clocked to that amount of time. So it is kind of intimidating when you're like, oh, at least I had a shot of getting to ride the ride with the virtual queue. And now you're just faced with, okay, literally half of my day is cut out for a rise of the resistance. So it's good and bad because some people just weren't good at getting the virtual cues on their phone or they just weren't tech savvy enough to actually be able to do the virtual cues. And I understand that Rise of the Resistance does have some breakdown moments. So you could potentially catch it right after, you know, got back up like you do in Indiana Jones or um, Space Mountain. Whenever those bigger rides break down, it's always nice to kind of hover around to see if it's just going to open right back up. It'll be interesting to see if they will let you stay in line if the ride does break down, though, given what a long wait time there is, which, you know, they could give you the fast passes or should I say passes for the lightning lane, which um, that brings me to my next business is that the lightning lane signage has been constantly changing. Again, there's no true date of when the new Genie Plus Pass system, whatever it is, basically whatever, whenever you buy the actual ability to use a lightning lane pass, or should we just say fast pass? I don't know what it is with the renaming of things. Somebody just got crazy over in Disney wanting to just change the name of things, but I'm sorry. It's still going to be a fast pass for me, no matter how many signs say the lightning lane. 
The other thing that is super exciting is the 50th anniversary of Disney World is coming up just next week. Oh, it's just around the corner. I am on October 1st. Really excited. A lot of the merch has already come out, which uh, people have already been trying to buy out things and, of course, start selling things online. I've already seen like a Tumblr backpack combo for $1,000, which is crazy. I think my mom sent that to me and I'm just like... Oh, here we go. It gets crazy with that merchandise. And I remember when we were in Disney World at the beginning of August and they had just sent out, set out the Halloween stuff like the last day of our trip and I snagged a spirit jersey. But the morning we were there, we were in the store maybe at like 10 or 1030 in the morning and I had seen pictures circulating on Instagram about the Oogie Boogie backpack. And I was like, oh, those are really cute. I would actually contemplate buying one because if you know me, I'm not one for buying merch. I've said in other episodes, I love the food, not so much the merch. Or at least I can spend money easier on food than I can the merch, especially the lounge fly and the spirit jerseys. But um, anyways, I saw them on Instagram, but I was like, I haven't seen them in the park anywhere. And we had seen so many Halloween spots in different stores. When I had asked a cast member over on Main Street, they laughed in my face respectfully, but still laughed and said, oh, yeah, no, those were gone in less than 30 minutes because people buy them and sell them. And I get it. That's part of this whole Disney community, unfortunately. That's the dark side of it. But it was kind of like one of those bummers where I'm like, oh man, really? Like, have to make that money. But that's what some people do. So, on that note, let's go ahead and talk about money in a different way. And that is the sponsorships that go on with Disney. So, there's always been some type of sponsorship partnership with Disney, even when the idea of Disneyland came up. So, when Disney was, Walt Disney was trying to get financial aid, help, anything from other businesses, a lot of people just did not want to work with Disney. His ideas were crazy. They were too big. Didn't want to invest in the typical amusement park. Nobody wanted to do that. Um, However, ABC was actually the first true sponsor to agree to Disney to give half a million dollars And also, they guaranteed loans up to $4.5 million, which, by the way, if you guys know about Disneyland, the building was um, more than triple that cost. (laughs) But anyways, um, with that sponsorship deal, they also got ABC a third of the ownership from Disney of of Disneyland, which of course, if you know Disney's history, Disney bought ABC back in 1960s. So really, it didn't go into the hands of anybody else. There wasn't really too big of a risk of it, the ownership switching to somebody else. So um, that's happened in a few other historical times of changing hands, and I think um, the Disney hotels changed on the behind the attraction. I believe it is. They talk about that. And um, there's been a few partnerships that easily could have changed the way that uh, Disneyland had its outcome. But lucky, luckily for Disney, it was able to patch things up or throw a little bit of money at it and then fix it on up. So with that being said, Walt Disney still needed sponsors for the rides itself. And especially because if you know Walt Disney and you know those amazing Imagineers, they are amazing and they are really good at spending that money for a good cause, of course. But they need money to make these amazing rides, especially the rides that have lasted as long as we know now today. So um, some of the more current sponsors that you may know 
is um, over in Small World, you have Sylvania, which is, of course, all the light bulbs, and Dole over at the Tiki Room. You also have Chevron for Test Track. Chevron actually used to be the sponsor for Autopia as well. However, it is now Honda. And then another lesser-known sponsor is Ziploc. So it really became known that Ziploc was a sponsor in 2018 because they started handing out over in Splash Mountain these little Ziploc bags that said zippity doodah with, you know, um, Briar Rabbit on it so that you could put all your small stuff in the bag like your phone or anything else that couldn't get wet in the bag. And it was really cute. But now that Splash Mountain is about to close, it seems like they're shifting their focus to Jungle Cruise. When they redid Jungle Cruise, a lot of the things in the queue, like the luggage, they actually have Ziploc on them with a little catchphrase, which I totally didn't write down. So I'll make sure to post a photo on my Instagram, Coffee Talk at the Castle. But yeah, um, the other place that you can see Ziploc is for the kids' cot over in Epcot. So um, all of those locations in each uh, country's pavilion actually is sponsored by Ziploc. So that's a little more modern take on the sponsors. But a lot of rides were sponsored at the very beginning. So there's a lot of things that have changed, a lot of contracts clearly that have gone through and just um, either just dissolved it on its own, the company went bankrupt, sometimes it's a little bit messy, or sometimes they've just kind of renewed and changed it into a different ride. Like I said with Chevron, Chevron used to be the sponsor of Autopia and now it's more just Test Track, which by the way, yes, technically Chevron or... um. I said Chevron. I'm so sorry. It's Chevrolet. Um, Chevrolet is the uh, sponsor of Test Track. I am so sorry for that little slip. But um, Chevrolet is technically part of GM, and GM used to be the sponsor of Test Track, but now it's technically just Chevrolet. And as you can see, when you step out of the Test Track area, they have all the new models of the Chevys. You know, you have. Okay, let's go through the lineup. You've got your Camaro, you've got your Traverse, you've got, uh, I think, is it Chevy Malibu? I mean, a whole bunch of different models are just outside right after you exit the ride. They have this like little game area, but then all the cars. So it's a great little way to kind of toot their horn. Also, if you're riding test track, Right when you go outside and you do one of the turns, you can actually see in the parking lot new models that are parked there too. So it's another plug for Chevrolet. And again, I am so sorry that I said Chevron instead of Chevrolet. Once my husband hears this, he's going to be like, uh, what, 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 what? Um, the other current sponsor is Kimberly Clark, which as you guys might know as Huggies, Pull-Ups, or Kleenex. Um, they actually host the Baby Care Centers, which are great spots for um, not just diapers, but anything you could need while having a baby or a toddler or just something you might need like a microwave even to heat up things which really try to save it for the kids. But if you're in a pinch, you're in a pinch. Um, another one is uh, Baby Bell and Cuties. Those are sponsored snack items. You can definitely see them on every single fruit stand that you see or snack stand, as well as Smuckers is another food sponsored items. And of course, you've got your Carnation, which is now Nestle. So those are just some of the sponsors that are going in. And the sponsorship looks a little bit different than it did opening day. You know, you had your typical signs before the rides. And, you know, um, I the best, 
I feel like an example of that would be even like Kodak. So, of course, we all know that Kodak did go bankrupt in 2012. However, before that, they had a great relationship with Disney and they had a great sponsored relationship to sponsor the maps as well as the Kodak photo spots. And you can still see spots where the signs are and they actually used to say Kodak photo, photo spot. And I'm not sure if they're all taken, like just changed to a photo spot or not. But, um, yeah, so one of those really, you know, they – in my mind, yes, it is a not so subtle, but yet subtle advertisement for Kodak because it, it's not in your face. It's not very flashy. It's just framed out Kodak. And then in the middle, it says the information like picture spot and it showed you an example of how to get the perfect picture in that location. Um, speaking of that, though, that was definitely one of the uh, sponsors in my age that kind of dissolved with Disney that I actually remember. And I'm going to dive into another one that was huge for so many people, especially those millennials. I'm just going to say it, and you're going to be able to just smell what I'm talking about. Yes, that's right. Come with me to Frontierland or right before Haunted Mansion, and you will smell those delicious McDonald's french fries. That's right. How can I do an episode on sponsorships in Disney without talking about the lovely McDonald's sponsorship that used to be with Disney? And it's not just in Disneyland, which was what I was describing right then and there, but it's also in Disney World. They had such a good relationship, and clearly they have somewhat of a good relationship still because, as we all know, the 50th anniversary of Disney World, they do have toys specialized in McDonald's meals, and I feel like Almost every other series of toys that McDonald's releases has something to do with Disney. So it's great advertisement on both sides. I'd, I'm sure there's definitely a working relationship there. But McDonald's history with Disney goes actually way back. Like, way, way back. Like, Ray Kroc, which is McDonald's, actually grew up in Illinois, like Walt Disney. They actually served together. That's right. They went to the same army camp in Connecticut in 1918 and sit and served on the same ambulance corps. How crazy is that? And then they both, when they were done, ended up settling in Southern California. So after Ray Kroc signed the documents to finalize the deal with McDonald's, of course, you know, they bought the brothers. If you haven't seen the founder, I do recommend seeing it. I love that movie. It really does. Um, I think it does a great job at really showing the business light of McDonald's. And um, there's a lot of documentaries about McDonald's, but I had no idea the connection between Ray Kroc and Walt Disney. And just finding this little tidbit was so interesting to me. And even more interesting is that he actually, Ray Kroc, actually wrote a letter to Walt Disney after acquiring McDonald's to want to go into some type of partnership deal with Disney because he knew that this project was going on. So there has definitely been back and forth with history with McDonald's and Disney, to say the least. Now, um, in the late 90s, to be specific, 96, Disney and McDonald's came up with a 10-year agreement that would start January of 97 and go until 2007, which brought so many cool things in the relationship of McDonald's with Disney. So not only did you get Dinoland in Animal Kingdom that was actually full-on presented by McDonald's, like they had a full-on land by McDonald's, but in Disneyland, you had obviously the stop 
It was kind of like a covered wagon over by Thunder Mountain, which was in Frontierland, which sold the fries, of course, Coca-Cola as well. And then the spot not too far after that, right across the way from Haunted Mansion, was Harbor Galley, which we all know still is great. Great clam chowder in the bread bowl. Oh, so delicious. And the mac and cheese in the bread bowl. Oh, I'm gluten gluten-free and I haven't had that in so long but it was good and I think they had like a sriracha mac and cheese one too anyways Harbor Galley right across the way from Haunted Mansion also sold the infamous McDonald's french fries and it just I can remember being younger and just walking past one of those and just smelling the salty greasy goodness and Another part that I can't forget is over in California Adventure. So that opened in 01, which introduced a whole nother restaurant because at this point in Disneyland, there was only fries. It wasn't like an actual McDonald's. It was just a fries type of thing. Over in California Adventure, there was a restaurant that they opened called Burger Invasion. That sold the popular Big Macs as well as other classic McDonald's sandwiches and, of course, the fries. And I think this part was so interesting because I I can't really think of too many other big places that really partnered up so well to have a full-on menu of that restaurant. It wasn't even like it's, you know, a food that Disney did its own take on and then they sponsored the ingredients. No, no. These were McDonald's traditional recipes in California Adventure. I just thought, That was so great. And of course, with all good things, they do need to come to an end, which they ended up getting phased out in 08. So all those locations that used to be are no longer. Of course, the covered wagon is no longer there. You do have this fruit stand um, right over where the boat is across the way from Thunder Mountain. And of course, Harbor Galley is no longer the French fries as well. They have their own location. And Dinoland went back to regular Dinoland, which... Part of me has an inkling that there's plans to change something in Animal Kingdom to Dino Land. I really think that there's something else they can do. I mean, they have so many movies of adventure and exploring now that I really think they could tap into morph that into more of an adventure of just, yeah, I mean, of Animal Kingdom, sure. But I think the Dino Land needs to be um, revamped for sure, if not completely rethemed. Um, on that note, I do want to transition over to another really cool fact that I learned about. So I didn't want to bore you guys with just listing off a ton of sponsors because to be honest, Disney's had so many sponsors, some of them short, some of them long, some of them off and on. And like I've said, some of these businesses have been bankrupt. Some of them don't even last anymore. Some of them have been bought out by other companies. It just, it is what it is. Some of these names I didn't even recognize because I was like, who the heck is this? That doesn't mean they're, you know, not as important or more important. Either way, they made Disneyland who and Disney World who they are today and the amusement park that they are today. So um, I just want to take a minute to thank all the sponsors for bringing those magic, however short the relationship was or however long it was. But when I was researching all of these amazing sponsors and trying to get you guys more information about them, I stumbled across a really interesting tidbit, which bear with me as I go through this. So if you guys don't know what Club 33 is, it's a very 
um, how do I say, exclusive club to get into with Disney. And not only do you got to have a lot of change, but you got to have a lot of time to wait on that waiting list or you got to know somebody who knows somebody, if you know what I mean. But anyways, um, Walt Disney always knew that there had to be something to like a a certain spa, a space to be able to entertain these big wig sponsors or any dignitaries or very special um, celebrities that came to the park. And he knew the space was going to be above pirates, hadn't quite given it a name. So when he passed away, they knew what they wanted to do, but they didn't have a name for this space. Around this time, it was 1966 was when they were coming up with finalizing plans. And of course, as we all know, Club 33 opened in June of 67. But during this time, 66, 67, there happened to be 33 sponsors. Now, like I said, sponsors were the original intended people to be enjoying Club 33. So the, um, I should say unofficial official reasoning behind the name is that it's the 33 sponsors that it got named after. And I know I said I wasn't going to list all the sponsors that Disney has ever had, but I thought it would be paying my respects to name the 33 sponsors that were inadvertently um, in charge of naming Club 33 what it is today. So again, these are the sponsors from 66 to 67, all 33, Atlantic Ridgefield, Bank of America, Bell Telephone, CNH Sugar, Carnation, Coca-Cola, Douglas Aircraft, Kodak, Frito-Lay, General Electric, Global Van Lines, Goodyear Tire, Hallmark, Hillsborough Coffee, INA, Lincoln Savings, Monsanto, uh, Pendleton, Pepsi-Cola, Ken L. Ration, Aunt Jemima, AT&SF, or Santa Fe, Spice Island, Sunkist, Sunsweet, Swift & Co., Timex, United Air, Upjohn, Chicken of the Sea, Welch's, Wurlitzer, and Western Printing. So there is a lot. And to be honest, I had to look up some of these companies because I was like, what did you do? What did you sponsor? How was your tie-in with Disney? Because a lot of times they're, you know, like I'm just going to use Kodak because I feel like that's a perfect example. What more perfect type of sponsorship than a picture-perfect spot? Like the picture spot. Why not? Like that's a great way it ties into Kodak, which is, of course, photos, film, all that stuff. And it's very subtle. It's not in your face. It doesn't it doesn't not belong. So a lot of these things really do make sense. You know, um, some of these, when it's transportation, they had to deal with the cars on Main Street or um, technology. Obviously, whenever a tech company comes in, a lot of times it has to do with the technology that the cast members use or the computer screens or the t- television screens, projector screens, stuff like that. I feel like Disney has done a really good job at Um, most times I haven't really seen an in-your-face advertisement. They're very subtle at making sure it doesn't distract you from the overall enjoyment of the amusement park. And I think that's the beauty right there with Disney is you've got a level of expectation with Disney that is so much higher than any other theme park, than any other cruise line, than any 
other movie even sometimes. You're like, come on, Disney, you can do better. And it's like, okay, but these people didn't do better. Yeah, but they're not Disney. And that's the thing here is there is a really fine line with walking with sponsorship of making it cheesy in your face. I should say almost like gaudy with some of these sponsors where you're like, wow, that really sticks out like a sore thumb. That doesn't belong here. Or it's like, wow, you know, like um, when you're <laughs> when you're doing a timeshare and they make you do this hour long presentation before you actually get to enjoy the free vacation. Everybody knows it's a part of doing the timeshare deal, but it still sucks. So it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm just glad that Disney hasn't really sold out a lot of these rides or attractions, experiences to these companies. So we're listening to a 15 minute ad or something along those lines. No, it's those subtles, plaques, signs, you know, the signage I feel like is a perfect way to do it where it's like presented by and it's the company who sponsored those rides or, you know, the baby care center when it says presented by Huggies, you know, stuff like that. Very subtle, not in your face. And, you know, if you're paying attention, then you're like, oh, okay. And then if you're not, then you're not. It's easily missed. But for those paying attention, you understand it. You saw it. So, I really wanted to stress that out of where it's just like, again, you have regular expectations and then you had Disney. And in my opinion, Disney has done great with sponsors. And it's kind of one of those things you just got to do when you have a multi-million billion now, I should say, company, and you are trying to stay on top of new innovations, new technology, making sure safety protocols are there. Um, Of course, like gearing up and partnering up with Clorox or Lysol would have been a great deal too with all of COVID. It's just kind of one of those things where partner up with the bigger, partner up with companies, release some of the burden off of you. And that's just part of having sometimes a successful business. I mentioned this in my last episode that I did have a business degree and this definitely has been coming out these last few episodes. So I apologize, but sometimes my mind just goes there and it's kind of, for me, it's relaxing because I can be like, oh, okay, it, it makes sense. Practicality totally took over my mind in the fact of I'm reading through these sponsors. I was like, yeah, it was a smart move to bring in sponsors because now they're able to bring a ride that is somewhat mediocre to, oh my gosh, over the moon. Like some of these rides like Lincoln, like the Lincoln experience when Walt Disney was able to find the state to fund the actual Lincoln prototype for the World's Fair. He was able to have somebody else pay for it as they were working out the kinks. And I think that is such a smart way to do it. And why not use somebody else's money to for the time, the prototype, and then bring it back to the parks, just like what he did with Small World as well. He did that for the World's Fair as well. He did it there and then brought it to the parks. And I think that was a really smart move on just Disney's part altogether. So with that being said, let's go ahead and close this on out with uh, a thank you for keeping keeping up with me through this sponsorship episode. It was really exciting for me to look into it. And thank you so much for the listener who 
had the idea for this episode. If you have an idea for an episode or any story you want me to share, go ahead and direct message me on Instagram, Coffee Talk at the Castle is my handle, or of course my email, Coffee Talk at the Castle at gmail.com. I would love to research stuff or just share your story. Like I said, it always makes me giddy researching new things. And I thought the relationship with McDonald's and Disney was so interesting. And I feel like I could do a whole nother episode on just the ins and outs because I did skip through time, obviously, because I want to talk about all the sponsorships. And of course, the tidbit about Club 33, really interesting. And that'll be a whole nother episode is Club 33. So I'm not just, you know, jumping over that one that that'll be an episode sometime down the road. I still have yet to experience Club 33. So right now it's not on my docket for the next few weeks of that episode because it would be amazing to be able to go to Club 33 before I actually did an episode on Club 33, but maybe we'll do kind of like a before and after at some point. And also I wanted to say tune in to next week. So yay, we're celebrating the 50th anniversary on October 1st in Disney World. And I thought, what better way to celebrate than to talk about the opening attractions on that day? So that'll be next week's episode. I am so excited to share that one with you. And I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Be sure to leave a rating at the Apple Podcast Store if you haven't already. If you want to know more about how to help me sponsor these episodes, go ahead and check on in on Anchor. Thank you so much for your support. I hope you have a great day and a great week. Bye.